Last week, we begun this series called Ready. Ready, ready. Everybody say ready. ready. And we've been talking about the fact that uh, it's so important for us to be prepared, especially in the context of spiritual warfare, uh, because the devil is strategic and the devil is not just out here uh, being all willy nilly and just doing stuff. You know, he is strategizing, even as I shared with you guys. And we're going to continue to unpack as the weeks go on. You know, there, is, there are demonic forces that have been assigned to your life and to your bloodline, to your genealogy, to your family. And the fact of the matter is, this is why there are so many, um, you know, some of you are like, I just came into the world with trouble. And this is not only because of sin, uh, which we all inherit, it's hereditary, hereditary. However, it's also because there are forces of darkness who are designed to try and bring you down. Can I get, can I let you in on a secret? The fact of the matter is this, because some of you, you're like, well, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. So why, what does the devil want with me? You know, uh, I'm secure. I'm, I have blessed assurance. Jesus is my, you know, we got this thing and we're going up yonder to see the Lord and all this wonderful one glad morning when this life is, you know, we're flying away. So you're like, why? You know, this is the fact of the matter. The thing is that no matter <laughs> No matter how saved, sanctified, tongue-talking, running around, baptized in, you know, three times in water. Uh, at the end of the day, the devil is going to do everything he can, even in your saved life, to make you pay for following Jesus. So it's not about the fact that you're just going to heaven now and so the devil's going to leave you alone. He's going to do everything you, he can while you're headed to heaven to make your life a living hell. And a lot of us, what we've done is, because we're just focused on the end goal, we're like, okay, oh, Jesus, I'm just going to maintain, and I'm just going to keep, you know, I'm just going to go, okay, no, no, this is just, just must be the will of the Lord, and, you know, and that's our, that's the greatest cop-out for so many Christians. James chapter 4 lets us know towards the end of the chapter, don't have time to read it, uh, but you can, I'm just referencing it, James chapter 4 towards the end, he makes it clear Right. That we do have to make sure that we're not being presumptuous in our declarations because the will of the Lord is ultimately at the substratum or at the base. Right. Of everything that we that happens in the world. God is sovereign. As I told you last week, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. In Psalm 24, that is declared. However, even though this is the case. Right. Does not mean that everything that happens to us. Is the will of the Lord or that God desires or has designed right for this thing to be our lot in life. And many of us, we have gone, we have resigned uh, and got into the place where we're just happy with a spot in heaven. But we're living like hell while we're on the earth. At the end of the day, God has not called for you to just live a life that says one glad morning when this life is over, I'm going to fly away. The Bible says, my Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes to do nothing but to steal, kill and destroy. Come on. But Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly life to the full that doesn't start when the skies crack and Jesus returns. It doesn't start when you die and go to be with Jesus. But that abundant life is supposed to start right now. 
And that doesn't always mean houses and cars. Come on, somebody. But it can include them. Come on, someone. And not only this, it doesn't only mean material things. But the end of the day, it does mean that I can have peace right now. I know it's a little early, but I feel the preach creeping up on me. So I'm going to just go ahead and jump on the bus. Because two or three people need to hear today that you can have peace and victory right now. Don't wait until you die. Don't wait until it's over. Don't wait till the fat lady sings. Don't wait till the curtain drops. You can have peace and joy and love. And you can have prosperity and wholeness and health right now. Okay. So, so the text says, can we go to the text? The text says, in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, should be there on the screen for you, says, Finally... Be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes, the Greek, the methodea, the methods of the devil. He says, not only this, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, help me Jesus, against the authorities, Against the cosmic powers over the present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And then he says, therefore take up the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the even evil day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. Talking about being prepared. You know, one of the uh, most challenging things as a parent is getting all of your family members ready to leave. Come on, somebody. And get out of the house. I think you need a PhD to be able to know how to get your entire family prepared and ready to get out of the house at the same time. I thought being married, you know, and being uh, having a wife, come on, somebody. I thought that was a challenge, which it still is to just have uh, her to get ready on time. Any witnesses in the house? Uh, but nonetheless, glory to God, it's even more of a challenge, right? When you have three children and one of them, hallelujah, under four years old. Yes. So, I mean, it literally is going to take a while in order to get prepared to leave the house. You have to get to the place where, you know, you can't just... The kids can be playing video games. They're doing their stuff. You cannot just pull up any parent's witness and be like, get ready to leave. And you need to leave right now. You need to start telling them, turn off the game like 30 minutes in advance. You need to make sure the night before that their clothes are already picked out. You need to, you need to do all sorts of stuff that are prep, take preparatory measures if you're planning to get out of the house and get someplace on time. I can't tell you. And you know, some of us, we use our kids as an excuse when it's our fault. Okay, no perfect people allowed. Can I just confess? Today's all about confessions. I'll be like, oh, these babies, they just, you know. <laughs> oh, you know how hard it is having these children to get ready. And they were sitting out in the car waiting on me. Is it okay for pastors to be honest? <laughs> no perfect people allowed. But every now and again, you know, but in order for us to get out the house, whether it's me or whether it's my family, you, in order for us to get out of the house and get to where we're going on time, we need to make sure 
right? That there are steps that are taken in advance to prepare, to get ready in advance. And so the whole tenor of this series and thought towards this series is that God's desire is for, as it pertains in his design, as it pertains for us to go through spiritual warfare, is that he desires for us to prepare. He desires strategic preparation, not just emotional retaliation. Who's with me this morning? You know, see, the fact of the matter is uh, that the devil, the devil is not, he's not going to be moved by your tears. The devil's not going to be backed up by you just feeling bad about what it is that you're facing. The devil's not going to be backed up by when something pops up in your life that you then get start squaring off. The devil is going to be backed up when a life is is uh, is prepared before we get to that which we're facing. How about this? See the Bible. This is how I even know this, and I'll just set this up in First uh, Corinthians chapter ten. First uh, Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirteen is one of my favorite verses. You should write this down. I encourage you to take notes, not only to bring them out on Thursday night for life uh, life groups. Shameless plug, uh, but also just for your personal reference through the week. There is no temptation, Paul says, that has taken you. Right. No temptation that you face, no thing that comes up against you to try to take your faith or to jack you up, says no temptation has taken you that is not common to man. So in other words, someone else is going through it. It says, but God is faithful who will not suffer you or allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. Right. And with the temptation will make a way of escape. Somebody say to get out for you to be able to bear it. Right. So God's desire, God's design is that when a temptation, when a test, we can we can put when an attack comes your way to try to tempt you aside from God's design for your life. You God's design and his desire is that we are prepared for it. We're prepared to be able to handle it. And notice, even if the way of escape is for us to be able to bear it, meaning that the thing doesn't necessarily, or the person doesn't necessarily get out of your life, he'll give you the grace, i.e. the strength, to be able to walk through it. Who am I with this morning? And somebody showed up and you've been being tempted by that wayward child and you've been being tempted. Can I just come down your row? You've been being tempted by the doctor's report. Come on. And you've been being tempted by all of the things that have been coming up against your life. You've been being tempted by that spouse to try and to throw in the... T- you've been being tempted by your boss. You've been being tempted by the what the, the bank account is saying. And, and I'm here to tell somebody today, I came with some encouragement from glory to let you know that you can be prepared. So that these things won't break you, even if they bend you. Are you with me this morning? And so the fact of the matter is, notice this as we jump into the text. Bible says, finally, be strong in the Lord. I'm staying here because I want you to grab this. I believe we are going to be a victorious house. Come on, somebody. I believe Surf City is going to be a victorious house. Come on. I declare it over this house. Finally, be strong in the Lord. We are called and assigned to fight in the authority provisioned by jesus 
I mentioned this last week, but I want to go a little bit further so we understand this. We, we are called, we are, we are called to fight in the authority that is provisioned through Jesus. We are not called to fight on our own. Someone's showing up and you're saying, what I'm facing is too much for me. Yes, it probably is. The devil is stronger than you. Come on, somebody. But he's not stronger than you plus Jesus. And the victory that was provisioned through the cross. So we are to fight and we are to attempt to attack the enemy and come against the enemy in the authority of Jesus name. Somebody say the authority. In other words, the permission, the permission. You know, every now and again, my, uh, my son, uh, Gabriel, he's the oldest. And what will happen is, you know, we'll tell him something to go and tell the younger siblings. And when they show up, you know, Noah, when he shows up to Noah and Claire, especially Noah, Noah's like, Noah will always be like, Gabriel! He just throws these mini tantrums. And he's just like, you're not the boss, you know? And at the end of the day, because any parents witness. And it's like, you know, even though he's not the boss, he came to you in his parents' authority. So because we sent him, come on church this morning, when he shows up, even though he is not mom or dad, he's coming in the authority and he's representing us and consequently his words have weight because he's not showing up as Gabriel, but he's showing up as dad and mom. Who am I talking to? And there have been many of you, you've been facing the warfare that you're up against and you've been up against it. And what's been happening is you've been coming in your power and you've been coming with your accolades. Come on, somebody. You've been saying, oh, you don't, you know, my credentials. Come on. I got a master's. They should have allowed me to be promoted. I should have gotten this job over this person. Y'all don't want to be real with me this morning. Don't, don't you know how many relationships I've been through? And you try to bring all of these things to the table. Don't you know how much money? is in my bank account i'm telling you baby that your bank account won't back off the devil it doesn't matter how many jokers you've been in relationship with and you live to tell the tale that is not gonna back the devil up off of you but there's a name that's above every name come on that at his name demons tremble and my bible says in philippians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 that he's been given a name that's above every name that at the name of jesus every knee will will bow and every tongue will confess i feel the preach that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father and so me and my afro showed up to tell about five people that you need to stop attacking the situation on your own and come in the name of jesus somebody shout jesus that's the name don't care what language you say it in don't care if you say it in spanish don't care if you say it in Hebrew, Yeshua HaMashiach. It doesn't matter what name you say it, what the language you say it in. At the end of the day, it's the spirit that's attached to that name. Oh, and the devil knows, the devil knows. I, I'll tell you this, and no offense meant, but there are a lot of people named Jesus. All you got to do is go to certain places in the world. And there are a lot of people with the name of Jesus. You might even have a cousin by the name of Jesus. And so it's not about just the mere name. 
but it's the spirit that's attached to the name. Uh, it's the spirit that's behind it when the authority that is behind it that the devil knows when you say the name Jesus he knows the power that's attached to it when you attach faith to that name come on my cousin Jesus don't have the power to be able to deliver me my friend uh, Jesus my friend Jesus does not have the ability to break chains off of my life and so when I call his name I'm not calling it with any faith attached who am I talking to but when I show up in the face of a storm when I come up in the face of those bills when I come up against that person that's trying to break me down that sickness or that disease when I call Jesus and there's faith attached to it. Who am I talking to this morning? There's some devils that know the power behind it. Care if you're walking through the grocery store. Some of y'all, you don't even have the words to string together. You ever been in one of those places where things are so crazy? You have the pain is so crazy that sometimes you can't even get a full prayer out. Who am I talking to? When the stuff that you're in the middle of, you would have blown your brains out by now. But every now and again, it's so crazy that you don't have the words. I dare you to just call out the name of Jesus. I dare you to just think the name of Jesus. Come on. There is power in the name somebody shout jesus Jesus. power that's why colossians chapter 3 verse 17 colossians chapter 3 verse 17 it lets us know that we are to do in everything we do that we are to do it all in the name of jesus something we're supposed to walk in the authority of jesus's name as Christians, this is why First John chapter 4, verse 4, write it down. First John 4, verse 4, as it pertains to the spirit of evil in the world, led and headed by Satan. The, the apostle John says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the way. It's not you, but it's Christ. Stop facing your situations thinking that you've got to fight them by yourself. Are you with me? It's the it's it's Jesus. And so we need to understand this. I want you to grab this, you know, first uh, Corinthians 15, 57. I'm just throwing stuff out there. I want you to write these down. I want you to check them out when you go home. First Corinthians 15, verse 57. Paul says, thanks be to God who has given us, who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus. It is Jesus that that we have the strength from. It is Jesus who gives us the authority to be able to stand. This is why the Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 7 eight, and 8. Check it out. James 4, 7 and 8. Write it down. It says, submit yourself, therefore, unto God. There's the prerequisite. Then resist the devil and he will flee. You know, and this is the thing. That, that's a definite That's not a maybe. He will flee, right? And so the fact of the matter is that some of you, you have, and this is why I keep coming against this, you have resigned saying this is the will of the Lord and you haven't even fought against yet. You haven't even attempted to back the thing off. If you fight and you fight, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 Verse 9 and onward, but that whole chapter he talks about how he was given a thorn in his side and his flesh. And we don't know whether it was proverbial or whether it was literal. And the Bible makes it clear that he said he sought God. He went to war in prayer three times. So he didn't try once and then quit. But he went multiple times against that which he was up against. 
And the Bible declares that after he went three times and the thing didn't go away, then he declares and says that God told him, my grace, in other words, my strength is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So even after you fought and you fought and you fought and it made, it's made clear that the thing won't back off, then God provides strength for you to be able to keep going. But don't come to the conclusion that it's God's desire for that hardship to just consume your life without making any attempt to back it off. Are you catching my drift? This is so imperative. It's so important. It's the authority of Jesus' name. That's why for those, some of you who are new to Christianity, you're like, why do Christians pray and say at the end of the prayer, in Jesus' name? It's because the only way that we have connection with God, the only authority when we pray against the things that the enemy does in our lives, we are making it known that we're praying in Jesus' name. That it's in his authority. When we baptize, when we baptize people, we may say, and some may say in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, we say in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And we baptize in Jesus' name because it's in Jesus' authority that people enter into the kingdom. And so everything we do, we do in the name. Somebody, one more time, I know we quiet now and we're using our indoor voices, but just shout his name for me. Jesus! It's that name. And that's the name you need to declare no matter what it is that you're facing. And so the fact of the matter is this. You know, uh, I want you to understand in addition to this, that as we're talking about spiritual warfare and being ready for spiritual warfare, we need to understand, watch this, that we have to be spiritually discerning and reliant on God's omniscient, which means all-knowing direction. As it pertains to spiritual warfare. In other words, we have to be spiritually discerning. So we need to be to the place. If you are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there is a list. There are a list of manifestations or the ways that the Holy Spirit manifests in our lives. Ways that he comes as an accessory or a tool to help us live successfully as a Christian through our lives. And one of those things is the spirit of or of discernment. Everybody say discernment. And if you have the Holy Spirit, his design and his desire is for you to be to a place where you're able to discern or distinguish between spirits or to be able to distinguish and to determine what is happening or what is behind what is going on in your life. Everybody say discernment. And so we have to be individuals. And I make the joke all the time. I think all women have discernment. All women walk into a place to be like, Mm-mm, something ain't right. You know, I'll be talking to my wife and, you know, we'll be smiling and all this stuff. And then the conversation will be done and she would be like, yep, something's out of order. And I just think women, you guys just have it heightened. But on a serious note, though, everyone has the ability by the spirit of God to be able to distinguish between what's going on in your life. And that's God's design and his desire is for us to rely on this because watch this. You need to understand, you need to be able to distinguish between what is a spiritual attack and what is not. Can I tell you that because we're talking about spiritual warfare, you can't use carnal prerequisites to determine what it is, whether or not it's an attack. Are you with me? And so what I mean by this, peep this, look at this, look at how the devil runs. Look at how he wants fam. So second, uh, 
beat this. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Second Corinthians is in the second half of the Bible. This is why we need to be strategic. This is why Peter uh, tells us that we in chapter five that we need to be sober and vigilant because our adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may we devour. This is one of the reasons we need to be discerning. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. The Bible says, and no wonder after Paul is talking about false apostles, false church leaders. And people that come to deceive, right? He says, listen, you got to be careful for those types of people that point you to themselves and point you away from God as opposed to pointing you to Jesus and God's word and the gospel. He says you need to be careful. And then he says, look, this is why. And no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. You see that? I told you all, because see, the mystical, mythological creature that we look for when we think about the devil is a guy in a red jumpsuit with a pitchfork and some horns and a serpent's tail. Come on, somebody. And so, uh, you know, I don't know what your picture, your carnal perspective or picture of what the devil looks like. And consequently, many of us miss him. Why? Because he disguises himself often. Sometimes he'll come as an angel of light. Sometimes the things and the people that may be in your life, although they may look or although the situation may look as it is one that is bringing glory to God. How many of you know because it says Jesus or they say Jesus doesn't mean that that's your boo? Well... Just because they come to church don't mean that that's the person that God has called you to be with. Okay, because see, a lot of us, we thrown discernment out the window because you've been deceived by the hips and the thighs. Come on. You've been deceived by that batty. Uh, can I just say that from the pulpit? But at the end of the day, God is not just calling you to get with somebody because of their measurements. Come on. He's not just calling you to get with somebody just because of the color of their hair. He's not calling you to get with someone just because they can shuck and jive and raise their hands in church and they know the Bible from front to back because the devil you know that one was for free at the end of the day you need to understand this because we need to use discernment can i show you something in the bible pete this pete this i'm gonna go go a little further so look in the book of acts what book did i say in the book of acts i love the acts of the apostles that's what the the bible is uh, in the book of acts is known the acts of the apostles the things they did while it was that they were the ones walking out the gospel on the earth after jesus went back to heaven some would say and dub it as the acts of the holy spirit you know and uh you know because the holy spirit moved from acts chapter 2 all the way on down so acts chapter 16 what chapter did i say peep this look at this story and this is why i'm telling you what i'm telling you in in regards to discernment and making sure we're trusting god's omniscient direction as it pertains to these things so from verse 16 look at what happens uh it says paul declares as we were going to the place of prayer we were met with a slave girl who had a spirit of divination in other words she was possessed you know, by a spirit that was giving her the ability to tell people things about themselves, right? 
And so, you know, so I'm telling you all, just because somebody can tell you stuff about yourself, because some of y'all, you've been bound and you've been enslaved in churches that are preaching. Can I just come for it? That are preaching and tell it. They say Jesus in there and you're, you're bewitched by the fact that they can tell you your, their name, your name, and they can tell you your credit card number. I know who I'm coming for. So at the end of the day, some of y'all are like, what are you talking about? But you know, I know the type of person I'm for, coming for. And you've been in there and you know, they're, they're doing all sorts of crazy stuff in the church, but you you're just bewitched by the mystical things that you see and you don't realize that every person that can do spiritual things is not a prophet sometimes they're a psychic and sometimes they're operating on not under the spirit of the holy ghost it's a spirit all right but it's a spirit of divination i'm talking about spiritual warfare so we might as well go for it right and you need to be free in the name of jesus okay i'm gonna come for all of it So look, slave girl has a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. There it is. She followed Paul and us crying out. These men's are these men, not men's. No perfect people allowed. These men are servants of the most high God. Look what she's crying out. She has a spirit of divination. Says who proclaimed to you the way of salvation. Oh, she must be on our team because, you know, she's an innocent young little girl and she's just running behind and, you know, and even though she's this some Blair Witch Project stuff, you know, we don't even know what's going on. You know, she might flip over and start crawling and stuff. You know, we're looking for that. But we don't realize that because she, there, you know, we may look at this and think she's okay because she's telling the truth about the kingdom of God. She's telling the truth in identifying Paul and identifying the assignment on their lives. Ah, I need to help about 10 people in here to understand that just because people enter your life and they can accurately know your assignment because they see good things in you. Because they declare over your life and say, hey, you know, you are X, Y and Z. Come on, R. Kelly. That whole story, I'm not going to get into it, about an individual praying on young ladies, telling them things they want to hear, oftentimes true about themselves, so he can lure them into damaging their lives. Ah, man, I don't want to go here, but I just feel the presence because somebody needs to understand you just been getting flattered and settling because somebody's been saying good things in your ear and good things in your life. Who am I talking to on this morning? At the end of the day, you were bought with a price. Come on, first Corinthians chapter six. You were worth the death and the blood of Jesus. And so no joker in your life showing up just because they know your assignment doesn't mean they're supposed to be a part of it. I'm about to turn backflips in this place because some of y'all been settling. You've been connecting and you've been taking and you've been all of this because of some things that people been saying. This girl was under the assignment of the enemy, but they never would have known because she was saying these are servants of the most high God. Can I talk about warfare this morning? Y'all still love me? Okay, I love you. And so he goes on, watch this, verse 18. And she kept doing this for many days. 
And Paul, having become, man, I could break this down. I don't have the time though. Says, Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned around and said to the spirit, did he talk to the girl? Did he rebuke the girl? Did he say, okay, I'm going to stop. He said he rebuked the spirit because he understood that it was not her. But it was spiritual warfare. But you, and then he goes on and he tells, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. And later on, the mandem start to throw shade and hate on Paul because he set this girl free. Who am I talking to? And the fact of the matter is that he needed discernment because some of us, we want cheerleaders in our lives. And as long as there are people behind us saying, yeah, go preach. Yeah, you can do it. You can go. We want it. We think that they're in our corner or they're, they're going to push us into our destiny when oftentimes Satan will come to us in the form of an angel of light and deceive us and so that's why we need to have discernment and when people enter your life don't accept them into your space like you click accept friend on Facebook use look at your neighbor tell them neighbor oh neighbor use discernment Use, use discernment. Are you still with me today? Got to use discernment. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? I got to tell you about this and then, then I'm going to close. I only got a few more minutes uh, and I'll have to come back to all this stuff next week. But, uh, you know, in the book of Matthew, this is why you need to understand this. This is why you need to understand that just because, because this is the thing, man, there are some situations in your life and you think that it's a situation that's from God or you think that people, some people, that they're in your, you got to test that thing. You got to test that thing holistically and that person with the word of God. And I'm not telling you to be an over, you know, uh, obsessive and, and, and a, a obsessive compulsive person or go to the, but you got to be sure that that person or that thing or that situation is from the Lord and that it's not just something you have set up to self-tabotage yourself or something that the enemy has placed in your life to pull you back bait and switch so look Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 I'm gonna read this and then I gotta then I gotta move on and close says not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven on that day, speaking about when Jesus returns, many will say to me, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And he says, and then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. It's very easy for us to look at people who are doing the works of the Lord and think that they have relationship with the Lord. And this is why, can I say it again? Discernment is imperative. Discernment is important. Discernment is so important. Uh, I'm going to go to this one. Look at, look at Matthew chapter, since we're in Matthew, turn a few chapters over. Matthew chapter 24, verse 40. Matthew chapter 24, verse 40. Look at what Jesus says. I love this. It's written in red, so it's important for us to know. It says, then two men, speaking about the coming of the Lord, will be in the field. One will be taken and the other will be left. Okay, that makes sense. But then peep this. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and 
and one left. And then he goes on and talks about staying away. Two women grinding in the field. They're both doing the same exact things. Yet one is taken and the other is left behind. What is it that makes the difference? See, because many of us, we look on the exterior and we're duped by the exterior. But this is why the Bible says when it comes to, to, uh, to God and his perspective, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. There are some, that's why some people, they show up and they don't understand because they'll look at people that come to our church and they'll be like, oh, that person got tattoos, right? And they'll be like, oh, that couldn't be a person of God. Oh, that pastor got braids in his hand. He can't be sanctified. Who am I talking to? And at the end of the day, the fact of the matter is that that dude with tattoos, I know guys with tattoos that will pray circles around an old mother with church, with a church hat on. And you got a nastier attitude than he does. Y'all don't want to be real with me today. Outward appearance does not dictate righteousness or holiness. But it's what's on the inside. Whether you wear a church hat, you got tattoos, you got J's on, you got dress shoe. It don't, at the end of the day, it's what's on the inside that's the most important. And that can only, we can only tell what that is through discernment. Somebody say discernment. If that was a blessing to you, why don't you go ahead and put those hands together and give God the praise.